What's up, independent agents? Are you driving your clients off to the carrier self-servicing platforms after the sale just to minimize your service demand? Stop doing that with the premier mobile and web agency solution, Glovebox. Now you can keep your clients in front of your agency at all times, all while delivering the carrier self-service experience that will minimize your service costs and absolutely wow your customers. On top of that, Glovebox will help you increase your cross-sales, referrals, and overall retention with an easy-to-use policyholder interface. Trust me, guys, we're using this at Portal Insurance, and this is literally happening. We are selling policies and servicing policies through our app. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today, and be sure to mention the Insurance Guys podcast for 20% off of your subscription for the life of your account. Guys, it's so cool that I can tell my clients, download the Portal app. Thanks, Glovebox. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast powered by Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama, parade first team All-American rivals, five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I have ever been. I am so excited and humbled to have our guest on the show today. But before we get to that, Bradley Flowers, we just spent two days of quenching our bodies and minds with knowledge at the Chris Paradiso Brain Share. I think we owe it to the 250,000 insurance agents listening from around the world to give them our top takeaways from the Chris Paradiso event in Boston, Massachusetts. Go ahead. Well, you just really put me on the spot. I was not planning to answer this question. I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you my biggest takeaway. Guys, within the next three to five years, and you insurance agency owners that are kind of getting on up there a little bit and got a few whiskers on your chin and you may may want to be selling your agency in the next few years, there will be a premium placed on your agency based on whether or not your data is clean or not clean. That has not always been the case, and it is probably not as much a case today as it was, as it's going to be three, four, five years from now. But when Bradley and our guests today, and even myself, get ready to sell our agencies, there is going to be a third party that comes in and looks at your data. And if that data is clean and you've got everybody's name, number, emails, correct, address is correct, policies have been put in your management system, that kind of stuff, you're going to get more for your agency than if they come in and they find out that you've got 832 clients that you don't have an email address for. Bradley Flowers, am I I right or wrong? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And here's kind of how I equate it. And forgive me for the analogy because I just came up with this on the spot because I know there's people listening to this thinking, that ain't going to be true. That doesn't happen in such and such Indiana. You know, management systems have not been around that long in the grand scheme of things, right? Mm -hmm. So think about a time prior to management systems and then management systems come along. Right. That wasn't valued. You know, when you buy an agency today, if I go to buy an agency today that's not on an agency management system, I'm going to 
offer exponentially less than I am if they were on a management system. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the case before they were around. So I kind of look at it that way. You know what I mean? Biggest takeaway for me, I can't talk about on this show. Gotcha. Scott knows what it is. To me, conferences and mastermind groups and all that stuff, yeah, the stuff on the agenda is great. But for me, the real magic happens outside of the agenda. Right. And the things that happen in the connecting and stuff like that. So that's like biggest takeaway number one is some business dealings that that came to fruition or appear to be coming to fruition outside of that. So that was it for me. And, and to be honest, I don't have my notes in front of me here. So I have no idea to be completely honest with you. But but probably the data thing, I mean, looking at Donna, you know, we, we, you know, RES Analytics, Donna, we're signed up on that today. There's a really cool tool Chris was t- telling me about called chisel.ai. It's like right. a policy checker, similar to these people that you pay thousands of dollars a month, whereas this is artificial intelligence. Thought that was really cool. Really enjoyed a lot of the conversations around trade associations and their relevance today. Well, it's just a lot of good connections. Well, guys, yeah. let me tell you what I'm going to do. Over the next five or six podcasts, I am going to sprinkle in to each one of those podcasts. You probably won't even know where this came from. But I am going to sprinkle in every one of those episodes some things that we learned in Boston. So then it will almost be like each one of you were with us while we were in Boston at this brain share, learning things about the industry and talking about high level things related to technology and virtual assistants and those types of things. But I'm going to sprinkle a couple of things in today, and if I think about it, I will tell you, hey, that came from Boston, okay? So without further ado, though, Bradley, I would like to introduce our guest today. Are you ready? Go right ahead. He was born and raised in New York City, and he lives in Queens, New York. He is a graduate of Yeshiva University and holds the CAPI Certified Advisor Personal Insurance designation through the Wharton School and Chubb. In 2020, he received the CCIC Cyber COPE COPE Insurance Certification through the Carnegie Mellon. He is one of only four insurance advisors in the world to hold both those designations. He is married to the beautiful Michelle, and they have four beautiful babies. He serves as vice president of his family's boutique insurance agency and consulting firm, Gordon Companies, which has been providing insurance and risk management services, along with best-in-class customer service for over 50 years. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the Insurance Guys podcast, Mr. Aaron Gordon. How are you, Aaron? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. That was that that introduction lived up, buddy. That lived up. Hey, let me tell you something. If we were in a bar together. And a guy walked up to you and he slapped a drink out of your hand. What I would ask you to do is just stand aside and let Scott handle this situation. Let him take care of it. You can ask me to edit this out if you want to, but I want to speak to your dad for just a moment. Okay. Yes, sir. I heard, I heard you on the David Carruthers podcast, and I have found this to be a trend in the insurance business. Here's what I want to say to all the old heads out there that have kids that are in their agencies. Huh? Oh God. The old heads. Well, the older generation, the boomer generation, right? I implore you. I beg you to, at some point, bring your 
30, 40 year old son or daughter that's been working in your agency in as a business partner and let them take at some level, take the reins. Now I know pride is a big part of that. I understand that. And I understand that it's hard people. It's hard for people to change, but I'm going to tell you a couple things as to why I think we need to do that. Number one, I'm a generation X guy. And you and Bradley kind of fall just outside of that. But I, I'm going to include all these 30-year-olds that I know that are just outside of that Generation X into this category. Number one, they can help you use technology to increase retention. They are deadly with the technology. They can streamline processes and procedures. Things we've been doing the same way over and over and over again might be time to make a change. And I, we're going to talk about some of this today. And they can help you attract younger clients, not clients, but clients and employees. And as a Generation X guy, I'm going to give you some generation. I have long said that the baddest mofos in the insurance industry today fall into the Generation X category, which is we were all raised like feral cats back in the 80s. You know, we're kind of a conduit between boomers and the millennial generation. We've seen more cultural change than any other generation in American history. We were the first to use the internet, the first to use technology. Let me throw some, let me throw some Generation X guys out at you, okay? We've got Chris Paradiso, Scott Howell, David Carruthers, Daniel Sung, Spencer Holden, Billy Wagner. These some bad mofos that are in that Generation X category. And you and Bradley and a lot of the guys I know that are just as good, if not better, than some of those agents, y'all fall out just outside of that. And I think that it's imperative that as parents, one day we look in the mirror and we say, it's time. It's time. Let's let him take the reins. If we need to take them back, we'll take them back. And that does not mean that mom and dad can't still work in the agency. I just feel very strongly. I mean, you take Ryan and Andy Matheson. They're both in their mid-30s. Started with their dad's agency. Bad mofos. Five to seven million dollar agency. Their dad sells it at a hundred million dollars. My point to dad is this. My boy that's on this podcast today, he's earned it. He doesn't need to be a Japanese sushi chef that learns how to cook rice for 10 years, right? It is time for all of my boomers out there to at least start the process of bringing our kids that know what they're doing and have been doing it a long time on and let them take the reins and, and let's take this thing from however many millions it is today to where it needs to be. And I'm sorry that I had to uh, get on my soapbox there for a minute, Aaron, but I had to. No, not at all. And what I will say is not, not to correct you, but I, I do agree with the sentiment. What I can say and this, I can speak a lot to this because this is kind of where we are after our 10 year anniversary working together with my parents. What I will say to most of the older generation, you want to call it Gen X, you want to call it Boomer, you want to call it even pre-Boomer. My father was born in 1940, so he's pre-Boomer, right? right? But I will say to all of those agency owners, and I've spoken to some that haven't done this, and I, I hate to be morbid, but the best time to work with the next generation is while you still can. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's and I, and I know that that's kind of obvious, but right. But the fact is that I'm lucky enough that my parents have brought me into the fold and we're having those conversations and we'll continue to have those conversations. Right. And it's not like, God forbid, something bad happens. First of all, terrible look for the agency. Mm -hmm. Second of all, 
terrible look for the parent. And third of all, really much more difficult on the kid. Mm. Because if you have to come in and pick things up and also worry about family health and everything else, and you have no idea what's flying, that's, as you said, or, or Bradley mentioned, you know, people who didn't have agency management systems, it's kind of weird, but I'm, I feel lucky that we put our management system in when we did, because I was here for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I came in four or five years later and everything was already, you know, that foundation was already laid, I wouldn't have understood what was before that and kind of what's behind the management system and kind of how the data works. Right. So, and then mm-hmm. when one day I had to deal with it on the admin end, I would have had to scramble that. So mm-hmm. I would say that that makes everyone's life easier. And that doesn't mean, you know, I tell people all the time, one of the things that I promised my siblings who didn't want to come into this business that I would do when I came into this business was my father, especially, but both of my parents would always have an office mm. and I don't want my parents to retire ever. Right. I just want them to do what's fun and deal with their clients the way they have over the last 40 years. Sure. You know, this COVID thing will come to an end, let them go back out to lunch and things like that. And let me deal with, you know, certs and invoices. Can I brag on you and Bradley for just a second and all the other mid thirties agents that I meet from across the nation. Mid, what are you talking about? Mid. Yeah. Mid what's wrong early. with you? Early. 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 What, what early. Are you, you're 34, Aaron, I believe. Is that I'm, right? I'm thir- 33 and a half. Don't push it. Okay. All right. Bradley, what are you? So that question was asked to me in Boston and I did not know the answer to it. Literally. I was like, well, I was born in 88, 32, 32. I will say this. Remember I, I turned said, 30 and flew to Las Vegas the next day and everything's been a blur since then. <laughs> Let me say this. So I started an independent agency in there. Like, like a bunch of shit happened in there. I don't know. I think we're having a kid. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Having a kid. I will say this. The independent agency channel has never been in better hands than the group of 30 and 40 year olds that I meet every week, every week, I meet more of them. I don't believe it has ever been in better hands than it is right now. Guys like Bradley, guys like Aaron, guys like Jack Wingate, Daniel Sung, David Carruthers, Ryan, Han- I could go on. Andrew and Ryan on and on. hung out with Andrew Ryan this weekend. He's Andrew phenomenal. Ryan is an absolute the, the things he's doing, savage. it's unbelievable. Can, yes. can, I, can I say something crazy about that? Can I throw in my, my, my comment on that? Sure. Yeah. I think that the reason why you're seeing that and all the guys you mentioned, role models of mine, one of the things, the reason why I love these podcasts is because I get to meet people like that, connect with them on social and get to learn from them. I think that Whereas the previous generation, and this isn't a knock on them, going to a big company, working in big business was cool. For guys like us, you know, being scrappy, learning from each other, just finding that niche, you know, I'm not going to try to jump into Yelp, but I learned from that, mm-hmm. from Daniel, you know, kind of what he's doing and kind of how I can do that myself. But if he was at some big agency, just trying to make whatever bottom line it was, he wouldn't have that freedom. But right. part of being a millennial, and there are, te- there are some other positive things and a lot of negative things about being a millennial or Gen Z or whatever, is most millennials don't really care. We're going to do things that we think are right and the best for hopefully the bottom line of our clients. Right. And that takes creativity and just blows it up. I mean, who did, by the way, I'm, I'm, I, I, I hope I can be at the next mastermind. But like when I came into the industry, when I was here in the industry growing up, who would have thought that a bunch of guys who are competitors, quote unquote, right. would have gotten together to make everyone better? But that's what that's what's awesome about this industry and that generation of people and our generation of people that are coming together. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's the big differentiating factor now is we've got all these podcasts and masterminds and we have slowly turned the Titanic from, you know, 20 years ago 
you were an independent or a captive agent in your hometown, if you're a captive, if you're a state farm agent and I, and listen, I've talked to five or six state farm agents that have told me the exact same thing. Do you know who the biggest competitor is for a state farm agent? Independence. No, it's the state farm agent down the street. Oh, right. right. Yeah. yeah. So we have turned this Titanic. We turned it and, and, and hopefully are going to miss the iceberg where instead of having this mentality of I'm going to keep all my toys over here in the closet and I'm not going to share with anybody what I'm doing. We have much more of open dialogue today among independent and I believe captive agents than we've ever had before. I truly believe that. We got this question a lot, or I got this question a lot. I don't know about you, but I got this question a lot when we started the podcast. Now it's like, it's become one of those things that it's, it's, it's what we do, but in the beginning, it's like, why are you doing this podcast yeah. where you're helping other agents? Like you're literally helping your competition. And I would always answer with the same thing. I would say, you and I are not competitors. Yeah, I take a client from you. You take a client from me. Net, net. I get frustrated with agents getting pissed off over losing one client. Right. Like, yeah, there's some crappy situations. But for the most part, like, why are you getting upset over losing one client? Okay. We are not each other's competition. Our competition is the company trying to put us out of business. Yep. That's, that is our competition. Mm. And that's how I feel. And, and the flip side of that is, is I could sit down with Aaron or you, or you could sit down with me or any of us could sit down with our biggest competitors and literally lay out the strategy, open our chest up. Here it is. And they're still not going to do it. Yeah. A lot of well, because here's the thing. It's like everybody wants to call you and be like, hey, how are you writing so much life insurance? Or how are you doing this? I don't know. Like it's a bunch of small little bitty things that add up. Mm -hmm. And what it boils down to is it boils down to having a plan and taking action on that plan. And people are okay with having a plan. But when it comes to taking action, they're like, oh, I want the silver bullet. Right. Well, what about consistent action, right? I'll do it for a Correct. day or two. Yes. Right? I'll do it for a day or two or a week. But like when week three comes along and week four, month three or month four, it's how many times have I, and you know, I meet a lot of agents here in New York when we used to do events and things like that. I always marvel at when we look at policies and win clients or lose clients, I never see their names on the policies. I, we just never come across them because they're good, just like us. But we see the same other, you know, without mentioning names, big agents that we take from every week. So I'm cool with that. Hey, Aaron, I, I've got a question for you. How... And what are the two designations that you are now only one of four people? You guys could play a good game of rook together. But these two, these two designations that you that you received, both I am extremely impressed with, by the way. You have an extremely high theoretical. You are someone who wants to learn, who is going to uh, learn endorsements and policies and, and those types of things. So there will very rarely ever be a human being that runs up against you in sales that's ever going to know more than you probably know about what it is you need to know about because you're going to learn it. You're going to learn it. But the, the first one is the CCIC. The, the, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The CAPI, Certified Advisor Personal Insurance. Tell me about that. So that was Chubb started, I think now it's in its fifth or sixth year. Like maybe it's even seven now. Wow. Where one of the things that I think the carriers that we represent realize is that if they don't 
take hold of some of the education and some of that value add, mm -hmm. there's just so much being thrown at the average agent that it's hard for us to really like get into the nitty gritty. And interestingly enough, similar to our, our prior conversation, they realize that the more educated and the more prepared we are to go to the market, each carrier will still keep their market share. But right. if we can, you know, high net worth, emerging wealth, personal insurance, the state farms, all states and Geico's are the number one agencies and companies in the world. And the Chubb AIG Pure Cincinnati Berkeley, they want that business. And we're the only people that are going to get that. So if they educate right. us and they get their percentage. So they kind of went together, got to Wharton, got to some of the people in the executive education there and said, hey, we want to talk about what's emerging risk, how to really evaluate risk and how to get to that value add right. where, where to, to show people really what the value of an insurance advisor is. What I will say is I got there the first day, I look around the room and it's a bunch of people that kind of look like me. I was the youngest probably, but you know, you've been to insurance conferences, all of us right. agency people look the same. And this professor from Wharton gets up and he starts throwing out tables and graphs and all this kind of stuff. And I look around the room and I was like, well, thank God everyone else looks as confused as I do. And then they got into insurance, but right. it was, but you know, but that was, that one was really, it was really focused on really getting down to the nitty gritty of what coverage is, what coverage people need, working on a presentation that really can change the industry. And there were some really cool things that came out of that. And then learning about how to preach your value and how to turn around when someone doesn't see your value and know that there's enough business that you can turn that away. Yeah. Yeah. How, how long was the, the, the training, the school, how long did so, it last? So it's, it was, it's a year and a half, three okay. residentials in Pennsylvania, and then virtual sessions along the way with work and things like that every other week. And then the, the cyber, is it cope or just COPE? It's I, they go, everyone says cope, CCIC, okay. COPE. So that one was, we love, we love our different. acronyms and I know insurance. it's unbelievable. That's why like, you know, so, like you can get, if you really work at it as an agent, you can have the world's greatest email signature. <laughs> like doctors have nothing on us, right. but that one was much more commercial cyber focused, mm -hmm. which at the time, you know, cyber is still growing and growing, but that was huge for me. Um, a year and a half, we finished, we were actually supposed to travel there March 11th, 12th and 13th of 2020. And that got canceled. And that was when I realized that the world was going to a unique place. And we finished kind of why, virtually why did that get canceled. You know what? It was just a bunch of people that were lazy, making a big deal out of nothing, but whatever. So it was, and that was much more linear and focused on when you speak to cyber folks, when you speak to risk managers, when you get in front of those CISOs and others, you can kind of just be able to speak the language to them and develop right. the protections. It was much less coverage focused and a little bit more industry or risk focused. Whereas mm. the CAPI was more coverage value add kind of thing, but it was also, it was really amazing. And as you said, I, I love to learn and I hated school. So it's interesting that now I kind of love it a little. Hey, more. Yeah. Hey, I want to throw I'm, some I'm all for, I'm all for designations from a continuing education standpoint in terms of making yourself better equipped to write insurance and no coverages and things like that. The thing I think agents need to be careful with is getting a designation just to have the letters after their name. Well, for sure. And I, I'll tell you, it's interesting that you say that because my wife who's amazing is an occupational therapist. And one of the things that differentiate the two of us in our careers is she really looks forward to her continuing ed. And we hate it. <laughs> and, and we, and, and I think that, I think you're onto something there where it's like, it often doesn't add 
to what we're right. doing. And if we could, if we could get mm-hmm. continuing ed where we could learn a skill or learn new coverage, and it wasn't just here's regulations on antitrust and how to, you know, follow your license. I understand that, you know, we're regulated, mm-hmm. more regulated industry, but like, I wish I look forward to continuing ed. See, I have been pushing, Bradley's probably going to throw his pencil down and walk off the set right now. I have been pushing for the insurance guys podcast. <laughs> I've been pushing for the insurance guys podcast to do a pre-licensing course that we can put out. And, and the course is going to be called the no bullshit insurance pre-licensing course, where we just talk the way we do on the podcast, but we do it with coverages and we talk about how this particular coverage will affect you in a real life scenario and those types of things. How to really be I an just agent. got a better idea. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. How to, be, how to really be an agent. Now, here's why we I can't do it. I got a better idea. Here's why we can't do it. Bradley was one of the ones that was like, we can't do that, is because insurance is regulated by all 50 states, and you would somehow have to navigate the waters of all 50 states to get that that pre-licensing course and know, by the and by the way you put all their people who they've been supporting for the last 50 years out of business and we know correct. how that goes correct you know it's like when you go to a carrier with a great idea on claims and they're like hmm, but we'd have to fire 500 people so i'm not sure that right. that's well, it's like going to streamline that process like, it's like at paradiso's deal last week they were talking about this one subject i'm not going to name that has to do with the powers that be and paradiso says I would love for us to do a podcast on this subject and looks directly at me. And I turned around and said, I'm not waking up with a horse head in my bed. Uh-uh, not happening. You mess with the powers that be, you know, you're, yeah. uh, so I just want to say as a yeah. New Yorker, I wasn't going to ruin your intro, but it's very hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that the, the next few podcasts in this podcast, there's going to be a value add from something that happened in Boston. So whatever <laughs> I told Chris, I want to join it, but, but I, I, I can't go to Boston. So let's do it somewhere else where like there aren't Red Sox and Patriots, you know? I understand. Bradley, I did not, um, mean, to, I did not re- mean to interrupt you, but you were about to tell me how that could happen, I believe. You were like, I'm talking about going back to the pre-licensing uh, course I was speaking of. No, I had a better idea. Why don't we do the insurance guy's designation? Yeah, yeah. That's why exactly. you listen to all you listen to every episode of the insurance guys podcast. You get your insurance guys. Des- From what I understand, you can, you can have a designation. Like you can, like I know like total CSR did one. Can I just throw this out there? I think it's a great idea, but you guys should market it to forget about the actual licensing. You should go to agencies with it. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. This guy's got to get a license. And so therefore he's got to, or this guy or gal, they got to do X, Y, and D and check the box and pass the test. Right. But here's two, three, four hours of content, curated content on like real world trenches stuff. Right. And then get the agency to pay for it, you know, because there's, I'm sure that there are people I would do it, you know, say, we'll call it the WTF designation. (laughs) (laughs) Bradley's not on, not Bradley's not as on board with it as I am. I think, I think there's something out there. I just, well, I feel like, there's the state thing and i also feel like it's a race to the bottom uh-huh. yeah the value add would be that it's real world stuff scott's going to be shirtless bradley will have eight cups of coffee that day you know that you know there's right. things that value but like i just feel like it's a race to the bottom i really do yeah um anyway. you're probably right hey aaron, guys- talk a little bit about aaron you were customer number one for glove box talk about why why well first of all i've learned from listening to some podcasts and insurance that there's a common practice of trying technologies and engaging technologies 
and some in the somewhere in the first month or two immediately regretting that decision. So A, I didn't want to be a part of that, um, obviously present company excluded, but it was more that I really like the people. When I get involved with technology, I think that there's so much about in this industry where there's people coming from the outside saying that they're going to disrupt the industry and they don't say it, but they're trying to get rid of us. Whereas when I, when I spoke to, to Andy and to Ryan and to Sean and to those guys, it was like, they want to enhance the agent experience. And this is honestly exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for, I was on the fence about an app, creating an app. How are we going to do it? Everyone's telling me it's expensive. Everyone tells me it's not going to integrate with what I needed to. The, and then I was like, okay, here's these guys who obviously know what they're doing because they built something and they are 100% loyal to the agent. And what I need to do is I need to make sure that they're successful because if they're successful, that's another check in the box saying, haha, you all thought that you were going to write us off and get rid of the independent agents, but we're still here. We're better than ever. Now we got this app. And then, you know, it came, once I started learning about the technology, it came to the branding. I was number one, but the, I was with them for about nine months before we even launched, even getting into the, I don't know, this is going to drive Bradley nuts, but just like figuring out how to export the data from our management system to Glovebox. And like, I actually got them on the phone. I was on, they were telling me what to say to my management system company. And then like, how do we carve out that data? And I know that that's like Bradley's pet peeve number one. And then we created the report that went into the management system that then gets exported. That now all the users of, of our management system use, but the re it was simple. They, they understood the pain point. They were agents and I knew that they weren't going to stab me in the back. Yeah. I'll tell you a story. Not, I'm not trying to one up you, but on that note, you just reminded me of something that happened to me in the same kind of realm. And it, it's going to shock everyone to hear this, but I'm, I'm known as a squeaky wheel to my carriers and vendors. Hold your carriers accountable. If they tell you they're going to do something and they don't do it, put their feet to the fire. Right. Well, I'll you tell you what's example. amazing about that. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but just yeah. like, I was involved with them getting them into the carriers. So now I'm the guy who presented them to all of our carriers and said, hey, I'm buying into this. I'm putting my quote unquote reputation behind it and they're going to do it with or without you. And you'd be surprised first. Like, oh no, I don't think we can do that. I don't think we do it. And then was like, oh, oh, sign me up, sign us up. Cause we don't want to be behind the other age, the other carriers. So right. hold them accountable because you know what, if they're not making our lives better, how can we go ahead and perform for them? Right. Correct. So we had a carrier that decided they were going to start downloading. Okay. I know there's parts of the country where people are like, we've been downloading for 30 years, but you know, we stuff carriers that don't download. And this carrier tells me, Hey, we're going to be downloading. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to email you once a week, <laughs> every week until it's done and say, Hey, where are we at on this? Hey, where are we at on this? Hey, where are we at on this? So I'm talking to this carrier and I'm trying to figure out why my policies aren't downloading yet. And they call me and they tell me, Oh, well, we're downloading already, but it's only for applied and easy links users, mm. which just made me want to, I mean, I almost wrecked my car. I, I was driving. I remember the exact spot on the interstate I was when they told me that. I was driving when they told me that. And I was like, well, why can't you download to my management system? And they said, uh, because we're not set up in your management system, which every, hopefully everybody listens to this knows is complete bullcrap. Ivan's is the vehicle. As long as Ivan's is connected to the management system, like it's going to happen. Yeah. There may be some management systems that are clunky where things have to be, but, but in my management system, as long as the stuff can be sent to Ivan's as a setup on the carrier side, it's going to happen. And so I said, hold on one second. 
and literally 30 seconds goes by and I get back on the phone. I'm like, hey, I've got the CTO of the management system company that I use on the phone. Will you tell him what you just told me? And the next day our downloads were coming in. So don't be scared to hold your carrier's feet to the fire. They're just, they're your partner, but your partner needs to treat you like your partner. And, and you know what's crazy about it is people, they should be singing the praises of people like Glovebox because they're doing the work for them. Correct. We're not even asking. Correct. When we ask for downloads, we're not even, I know that there's a lift on a carrier side, but it's not that mm-hmm. big of a lift. And once they set it up once, it works with, as you said, anything that's Ivan's. Yep. And like, do you really want us bothering you when the data is wrong? Do you really want us bothering you to get this process done when we could have done it ourselves mm-hmm. if you would have downloaded? So help us, you know, not to sound like a bad movie quote, but like help us help you. And I don't want to turn this into a, a gripe session, but, and I, and I say that not to make myself feel good. Like, like keep your folks accountable. If somebody says they can't do something, ask why. And Try by the way, out. the ones that are accountable and do deliver, isn't it awesome when they deliver technology or something like that? And then you can show them down the road again, not to be negative, but like, Hey, because we had this in place, look what we've done. Look how that's mm-hmm. taken your product or taken the service and just blown it up. So, Hey, Aaron, yeah. I mean, we, we top- had one recently that said they weren't going to download in, until we got to hundred policies with them. And I said, well, until you start downloading, you're going to be last <laughs> on our list of carriers. We're going to put our people with. And the next day we got download hundred percent. Let's talk about what our topic of conversation is today on the podcast. We've kind of gotten off track here. Our topic of conversation today is old school versus new school. And the blend of both of those two, and I've always said this, I've always said that there has to be a blend of relationships and picking up the phone and calling somebody and and being there in, in the, the time that they need you the most and the reason they pay you as the agent their insurance premiums, which is when they have a claim. But let's talk a little bit about what you guys do in your agency relative to that old school versus new school mentality. So great question. The best way to explain it is we leverage technology to enhance the client experience and to engage with clients the way that they want us to engage with them. Right. I'm never going to change a millennial's desire to text right, or to WhatsApp or to interact, any of that. I'm also never going to change the boomer's desire not to text right, or not to do that. So we have clients that don't want to interact in email or we email them, we follow up with them and things like that. And then we have clients that only want to see us on the technology level. So it's, it's my job. And I've, I've made it my kind of career goal to say, how can I find those technologies and work with bring in those new younger clients and prove to them that our products are superior, our service is superior, and our service will meet them where they want to be met and not be a quote unquote annoyance. Mm. If you don't pay your bill in the old days, we just kept, we have clients that are my parents' clients that we had them for 30 years and we just keep every month to get a non-pay. And that's what, that's they're friends and that's just what we do. But if I get someone who's got one or two of those, the first thing I'm saying is, hey buddy, did you know that there's this thing called auto pay? Do you know we could do that? And I don't, it's not that I don't want to interact with them, but I know that they don't want to get texted or called or emailed from me saying you forgot your bill. And I know it's not a financial thing. So it's like, why would, whereas not that my parents are against it, but when we started with that, they were like, hold on a second. Auto pay means one less touch point. Mm-hmm. So where old school right. meets new school is, and I think, you know, new school says, let's look at all those touch points that we value 
and figure out which ones are really valuable to the client and zero in on those. Whereas old school, not to knock it, because again, it paid for my upbringing was like, there is no such thing as a bad touch point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example that I found interesting when we were in Boston. So Paradiso was talking about his claims experience that they have. And he was telling, you know, he was telling us as a group that the most ex important experience in your agency is your claims experience. That's got to be buttoned up and it's got to be right. They've gone so far as to, I guess, like with people who are 65 and older, they actually call them. That is a phone call. But what they've done is they've broken down by age group all the way down into the millennials that to, to say, okay, if it's a millennial, we may text them where if it's a 65, 70 year old, and we see that on the screen in our management system, we're going to actually pick up the phone and call them. Do you guys do something similar in terms of a breakout by demographic of how you correspond with people? Yes. Yeah, so first of all, we, you know, we have opt-in and opt-out of email and newsletters and things like that. Right. The, the interesting thing about our business is that any new client, especially in my age bracket, even if I'm not the one to bring it in, I'm usually the one to handle it because it just makes more sense. And then there are people who are kind of my parents' age, who even if I get the lead, I got one yesterday. Right. And I was like, mom, I think that this is a better conversation for you to, for you to have with this lady. Not sure. that I don't want to work with her, but especially when we do, we also do some life insurance and some financial planning. And for me, 33 years old to talk to someone who's 70 and retired, they don't want to get undressed in front of me. And the same thing with younger people don't really want my parents to know what's going on with them. So right. that's kind of how we break it out. I do believe that the most valuable process that we have, and I spoke, and you know, I heard Paradise talk about this and obviously he's a legend, but my father always says that we get paid our commissions when we sell the policy, but we earn it when you have a claim. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I have someone that is sending me voice notes now via text, but we got the call. They lost a very valuable piece of jewelry. By the way, I didn't even know that I worked at the agency that has been their insurance agent. Did a little geography, you know, hey, I went to high school with your brother type of situation. And then now they're texting me, whereas there's no way that the producer that brought them in ever would have texted them. And that's not right. a bad thing on the producer. I don't mind. That's why I'm here. Right. I'm here to enhance people's experiences with my agency because then it's like, I'll give you the best way that I can that I can describe it when I started my fear was how am I going to bring in clients how am I going to continue this business and I was scared of it because I didn't think people would buy and I all the only people I was servicing were my very close friends who I was kind of conning into working with me or the children of our clients because they called and I was like you know what I don't even want to Right now, we risk losing those people because they're going to look online, even if they love us, even if their parents love us, even if we have Thanksgiving together. And so I want to use them as my guinea pigs, and then they'll go out and they'll sell it for me. And I wasn't convinced of that until I got some experience. But I think everybody who's been on this podcast, and I hope you guys agree with me that anyone who says independents are dying, they don't know what they're talking about. And we're just we're going to be here for a long time, and hopefully we'll make really good livings out of it. We sold a home and auto policy yesterday to some, a couple that was around 25, 26 years old and did the entire transaction by text, never spoke to them. And, and, but then conversely to that, a couple of weeks ago, my wife's aunt, who is probably in her early sixties, calls me and wants an insurance quote for home and auto. And I told her who I was going to put her with because we do the same thing in my office. I get a lot of leads and then I have to think about, okay, which one of my agents 
is best suited to personality wise to, you know, to, to, to match this, this person that's just called. And so she kind of, she kind of got a little uppity with me for just a second. She said, um, well, why can't you ride it? Because I was telling her which agent I was going to put her with. I was like, Hey, Justin Miller's going to call you. He is a fantastic agent. Does a great job. You will love him. I'm going to have him call you. Well, why can't you ride it, Scott? And I said, well, I, I, to be honest with you, he would do a better job than I would. So why had, why would you want somebody that's not going to do as good a job as he would to do it for you? You know, we had a 20 year CSR that retired. Uh-huh. And when she retired, she was a personal line CSR for us. I spent like the first year and a half talking people off the ledge saying it's going to be okay. Right. We got this covered. And it's like, she, what, my mom is the best. See, my mom is the best customer service person I know. But it wasn't even my mom wasn't a principal. It was just this lady. And I was like, we got this. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. It's going to be okay. Right. She's retiring. She's happy. But like, we can do this without her. I know that she, you know, knew your birthday and spoke mm-hmm. to you about your dog and things like that. But that's what's great about this. It's, business very, too. it's very important. It's very important when, you know, because I'm in a position now where I'm writing very little insurance similar to Scott and I'm sending everything to my team. It's one of the value adds to working for Portal Insurance. If you're a producer in the South Alabama area looking for a job, please reach out. <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's one of the, the, the value adds of working at Portal Insurance is you're going to get all the business I would have gotten if I were writing insurance. And there's years and years and years of social proof that I've been putting in in this area. When people think of insurance, they think of me. Not, again, it's just the way it is. Anyway, so it's very important, I think, Scott and Aaron, as an agency principal, that when that client does reach out to you, and it happened today, that transfer over that pro- to that producer, there's a very fine line between doing it eloquently and making them seem like they're not important and you're just passing them off to a CSR. Right. right. And I think it's, you know, I, so I explain it very similar to how you do. Hey, I'm going to send you over to Natasha. She specializes in habitational. That's what you've got here. She's the best in the world at it. In fact, if you had any questions for me, I would probably go to her and ask those questions and then relay them back to you. This transaction is going to go best. However, I'm here. I'm in the bat phone business. If you have a problem and if you ever want to visit with us in person, I will be sitting at the table right beside her. I think that's very important. But two, one point I want to make, you know, I love that you said you sold that policy via text message without talking to those people. I've done that a bunch, as you can imagine. Um, You've done it. You've done it with me before. I mean, when you and I have been together, you've done that. Yeah, exactly. I did it while we were podcasting. Yep. A lot, actually. Anyway, so (laughs) what someone who maybe is a little bit of a naysayer to that strategy is going to say is they're going to say, well, you have no relationship with that person. Maybe so. However, I've had one metric butt ton of people, more than you would think, that have left my agency and then they come back. And this is at Alpha, and this is also at Portal. And then they come back. And I ask them, why'd you come back? Because I always ask that. Why'd you come back? And about 98% of them will say, because I can text you and you'll handle it. Yep. So would you define that as not a relationship? Right. Is and my question the way, to that naysayer. They're also assu- we're also assuming and. I'm not knocking our generation, Bradley, but it's the truth. How many of our people in our age bracket take insurance out of it? How many people have like a real relationship with their doctor? Right. Whereas like our parents, they would like invite their doctor to their kid's bar mitzvah or whatever, right? So it's not that 
and by the way, the people who want the relationships and that are relationship driven and into networking and things like that, by the way, being on social, what about when you have a client, you connect with them on social and then you help them in business or you help them in their career. You never spoke to the guy on the phone. You just saw something and tagged them. They're going to like you better than if you called them on the holidays or on their birthday. Well, it's, like the, it's like the whole question that, that we all see in Facebook groups. It's like, should I add my client on Facebook? Yes, you should add your client on. What are you trying to hide? If right. you're that concerned about it, create a fake profile that's just for work. But them feeling like they know you and your family through Facebook is going to go a whole lot further than you checking in for a policy review once a year. And, and by the way, how many of them are actually going to answer the them. phone and call you back? Correct. Now, the flip side of that is do not, do not, do not, do not create a Facebook group for all your clients. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. All it's going to take is right. one of them to be mad and it starts piling on. Right. But, you know, I, and I'll say, too, to the text message thing. So our strategy is a little bit different than you two. Our strategy is not, hey, this person's in their 70s. We're not going to text them. We don't delineate that kind of way. We text everybody. Now, if we have, I mean, you know, if it's a middle market account and it's you know, like, like, yeah, we will call them, obviously. But for the most part, generally speaking, and those people still get texted, but generally speaking, we text everybody. And the reason we can do that is we seek out the people that want text message. So exactly. we have some, we have some, some indicators that we look for when, when we bring your account on. And right now, I'm not. This is not bragging. I actually hate this because we need another producer. If you want to work for Portal Insurance, please reach out to me. Uh, because we need another producer, <laughs> I came up with that on the fly. Because we need another producer, I'm actually turning more business away now than I ever have. But we are looking for things that are indicators that this is not going to be a good relationship. If you're not tech savvy, if you're not willing to handle things through email, if you don't respond to our video quote well, it's probably not going to be a good relationship. So what we're doing is we're seeking out that market that are people that are okay with that. Now, that being said, I think the segment of the population that's older than, say, 40 that would actually rather text message is bigger than everybody listening to this, including myself, thinks. 100%. I think a lot of them are just scared to admit to it because – they are pre-subscribed to a set of values that they think they must adhere to. And, you know, I'll never forget somebody that is, that is related to me by marriage one time said, these damn kids on their phone are causing all these problems in the world. And 30 seconds later, I took a picture of that person on their phone with their face buried into their phone in a situation that you should not be buried into your phone. So it's very easy to say these damn kids when you're actually subscribing to that that narrative as well. So I think that more people are okay with communicating with their insurance agent via text message than we think. Also, I think that when you communicate in that way, if you shoot one, if there's a problem going on, especially on the commercial side, or even on the personal side with one of your clients, and you actually need to speak to them, and you shoot them a text that says, hey, it's Bradley, we're looking over your insurance, really need to grab a couple minutes with you on the phone they will actually get on the phone with you because they know that you're not, you don't want to interrupt their model or, or how they want to do business, but mm -hmm. it's important and it can't be done via text or yeah. email because that's how you know that they want to interact with you. So that makes, and we have this with commercial accounts also, you know, it's amazing. We went, we, we looked at a large commercial account, booked it earlier this year or the end of last year. And we got in the car. I was with my father. We're driving home from the appointment when we got the account and the, son who is now running the business sends me a text 
And I'm in the car. And I say, my dad, I can't. The guy just texted me to say thank you for coming in. And my dad's like, no one ever says thank you. We call them and say thank them for the appointment. I'm like, yeah, but now this guy's got my cell. He put my contact in his phone and it was easy for him to reach out. So it's kind of, you know, I, it, it's, it doesn't also have to be just text messaging. I'm not into, I haven't gotten really into video proposals, but that's my next thing. But yeah. I just, and I'm saying the word text message as a general. Yeah. Yeah. For, but same for thing. This t- you know, Hey, I got a life hack for everybody that's listening to this right now. If you, there's do, some industries listening to this thinking, why are we arguing about text message? Anyway, yeah. continue. If you don't have caller identification on your phone, you as an insurance agent are missing the entire boat. The boat left and you were not on the boat because let me tell you the happiest my clients are. When I have a client that calls me and their name pops up with their number on my phone and when I answer it, I say, hey, Miss Johnson, how are you? That it's it's like it's like I just gave them a Christmas present. They are so happy that I knew them by name that it's, I just can't even describe to you how, well, how it makes them. You can hear it in their voice. They're like, well, Hey Scott, I'm so glad you recognize my number, you know, or something like that. Can I give you a super life hack? Please. This is a, this is a super hack. Bradley, if you don't like this, I'm sorry. Cause I know you're the tech guy, but I have a cell phone number. That's my personal cell number. Uh-huh. And then for my business, I use Google voice. And the reason why I use Google voice is you can get funky with how it appears on your forwarding number. So you can either have your Google voice number appear or cause it's Google. You can put, I put a lot of interesting things into the contact. So to your point, Scott, yeah. what if it's like, you know, Bradley, and then I put in quotes, what they like to be called Mr. Flowers. And right. then next to it, I put client. So when he calls, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to screw it up and say, Hey, Bradley. Right. Cause you don't want to do that. Cause that will right. go backwards. I know he likes to be called Mr. And I'll put in the parentheses client prospect or former prospect that I didn't win. Cause if they're calling me back, right. I want to know on the fly, try to right. jerk what my memory. Are. What's going on with that. So I like that. And it keeps it separate. And you can even, I don't know if you guys are into WhatsApp, but you can do WhatsApp for business. You can have a separate number for that. If you do, if you have a business cell, that's so. pretty cool. Tell me about that. WhatsApp for business. WhatsApp for business. I got it last week because a client of mine was WhatsApping me. And I said, you're the only guy that I let WhatsApp me. I like it because A, it can be linked to a different number. B, you can set an auto response. So they get the message right back. Mm -hmm. And then you can go in and classify what needs to be done. Hey, follow up, collect payment, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. For our businesses, the, the, the real secret sauce doesn't really work for us. And that is that businesses can actually have catalogs where you can order and pay right through there. So that doesn't work as well. That doesn't work for us. And we we try to do that that type of stuff too in our management system. You know, if a client tells you they are a a fan of piano playing, put that in yeah. in their account. Yep. If they yep. tell you they're a fan of the Braves, put that in their account. They're going to be so appreciative that you remember that they are a fan of the Braves. My father, in his contacts, has every single person's secretary or assistant or receptionist information and details on them like their kids' names, like their birthdays, like their favorite food. Mm-hmm. He, I, we, I, we show up at Carriers, and I bring the receptionist their favorite. My father was one at one of, one of the bigger carriers that we work with. The president's secretary loved corned beef. and always used to complain that in mm-hmm. New Jersey she couldn't get corned beef. My father would drive from New York to New Jersey a couple times here to visit the carrier. Even if he wasn't meeting with that exec, drop off a corned beef sandwich. Mm-hmm. Here's my super, super life hack. Are you ready? 
I am so bullish on this, guys. I cannot tell you how much I love this. Bradley, you got to tell the story of what just happened before we got on the podcast. I have downloaded a program, video program called Bomb Bomb. B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B. Then you take the, then you take the Google Chrome extension, which then attaches it to your email. It's just it's a little video button in the bottom. And I have taken to video emailing everybody that I, t- that I send an, e- an email to. And I just got through. Bradley, would you like to tell them what I just did? Before I, I remind, remind you to do something, send one of those to Bob Klinger because he wanted to see how that worked. Okay, I'll do that. So Scott, a couple different stories. So Scott has apparently, which is the most Scott Howell thing ever, and I love it, has been sending video submissions to his wholesale underwriter. Correct. <laughs> And they so think it. paper application, you know, accord forms with a video explaining the risk, right? And he sends one the other day to an underwriter that he's, I thought he CC'd me, okay? And the underwriter on there happens to be an underwriter that I use. And I did not know that we had the same underwriter. So it's for a firework stand. We don't so, have a lot of those in New York City. So they're probably illegal in New York. Yes. So I respond, I reply all. I thought he was CCing me in saying, hey, look what I'm doing, which is what he was doing, but he actually BCC'd me. And I didn't realize that. So I reply all and say, I'm calling BS on 50,000 gross revenue. And so the underwriter's <laughs> like, what the heck is going on? Like, how did, like, did I accidentally, like, she's freaking out. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I spoiled your party. I thought you were trying to like, you know, whatever. So how many underwriters would be like, we can't open videos in this company. No, you, that's the beauty of bomb bomb is, I mean, there there's, I've never found somebody that couldn't open bomb bomb. It's, it's so easy. They did. And the videos are only like a minute, minute and a half, two minutes. You can go up to five minutes, but I don't ever do that. So today, I so so fast what it forward. Cost? What's it cost? Twenty nine dollars a month. Okay, twenty nine dollars a month. But the beauty in it is, is it's sitting there at your email. So when you go to type an email out, put your put your subject line in. You just click the button. It turns on. I'm already sitting by this microphone. So I'll say, Hey Janet, this is Scott Howell. How is my favorite underwriter in the world doing today? I've got this risk. Blah 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 blah. And, and then we kind of go from there. Today, because I had not heard anything back for two weeks, I send her, and this time I copy Bradley on it, and I'm talking to Bradley, telling him that she has been put in the witness protection program and that I have got public supermarket putting uh, her name, her face and her name on all of their milk cartons at public supermarket. It's, it's a spoof. <laughs> it's a joke. And I just keep going on. For three minutes, I go on and on about how, we, we don't know if she's been kidnapped, if her family's in the mafia. And, and I mean, I, I do this whole story, but it's all I'm talking to Bradley, but but she's the first one on the email. And I still haven't got a response back. And Bradley has now told me he thinks I've pissed her off. Is that correct, Bradley? I don't know, man. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, you I, never know. You never I, know. I, Aaron, I've got another question for you. This is the last question of the day. Two, I got two questions for you. Oh. What old school thing in terms of like a old school agency mentality that's been around for years and years and years, 
did, what do you guys still do today that you think is like, yeah, we probably need to still do that? Claim process. Yeah. I think that keeping the claim process, you can't crisis. And maybe it's the video, but I'm not sure. Right. But people, our clients know that we've been through claims before. Right. They may not believe it. They may not feel it. So when you call them and say, hey, you know, I said, I had this client lost a huge diamond ring last week. Right. And the right. first thing she said to me is, tell me this isn't the worst thing you've been through with a client. Mm. Mm. And again, she was, it might've been a little dramatic. It might've been whatever. But when you can say, listen, we, we've done this before. I'm with you. We can pick it up for you. But when they hear that calming voice in that moment of crisis, right. that's as old school. Because again, what our parents and what people complain about with the lack of emotions and the screens, that's true. But what that means is when you can have an impactful emotional moment, oh, there's a tree in my roof. What, what do I do? And I can call and say, if you don't believe me that your carrier is going to cover your hotel costs, I'll give you my credit card right right now. And I'll book their when people hear that it, it resonates and that I don't think you can, they figured out how to replace yet. Oh, I, I got on my soapbox last week so i'm not going to do it again this week that's a really good point though that actually might not be a bad thing to say aaron to build into your claims process like hey don't worry i've i've, I've been through worse you're you're gonna you know yeah and same thing like i like the fact that we have great relationships with restoration companies because i can tell them i'm sending in my people not my people but hey i talked to these people i just got off the phone with the guy he's gonna call me when he's there and do all that kind of stuff so I think that that in the claim process, you can't go, quote unquote, new school and technology. Again, sending pictures and all that kind of stuff. We're not talking about that, but that, that visceral emotional level, you can't really. Hey, hey, insurance agents from around the world, Nugget from Boston about to come at you right now. Write this shit down. Aaron, does your agency send out a survey 30 days after the claim? No. That is one thing that Paradiso's bunch does. Now, did I say 10 days after the claim? Did I say 12 days after the claim? Did I say that the claim was paid quickly and the claim was closed for some reason at day eight and then you sent the survey? No, I didn't say any of that, did I? I said 30 days after the claim, they send out a claim survey. You know what's amazing? And this, is, this gets back to this whole conversation. I got into reviews. Cause I heard the Yelp thing. I heard Daniel on there and I was like, you know, I'm going to try it. Right. And I just sent out an email to, after we sent out our newsletter to everyone who opened our newsletter two months ago. Right. Hey, would you mind dropping a review? We didn't get that many and I'm still working on it. I want to reach out to people individually. But mm -hmm. what's interesting is some of the last people in the world that I would have thought would have opened the first one, would have opened the second one and gave mm -hmm. it a review. Right. It's like, it's amazing. And then if people don't, you know, I, I, like I, I, I'm getting into the social thing. I know I'm behind the times, but. When I hear, when I see responding to comments, reaching out to people, not that I'm promoting negative experiences, but part of a survey is also figuring out where we can be better the next time. Absolutely. Hell, that's, that's the whole purpose for me. How'd we, screw, how'd we screw this up? And how could how, we have been better? Yeah. How'd the, company, how'd the carrier screw this up? Now, where, where I shine is when somebody does have a bad claim, claim experience with an adjuster who... Let me tell you about half the time with that situation is, and you, you guys both know this adjuster wakes up, his wife's chewing his ass, his truck breaks <laughs> down, his kid, his kid's principal just called and said, Hey, Sounds you got to like come get your kid because he's, he's been an asshole. 
and he's having a bad day. And now it's about two o'clock and guess who he rolls up. He rolls up on my client's house. I call every adjuster before they speak to my client or go to meet with my client. And when I can, I'm there. And you, you know, what's amazing about this business. I had a call from a guy from an adjuster the other day from a carrier answered the phone. See, coming in on the phone. Hey, this is Aaron Gordon. How can I help you? Guy says, Aaron Gordon, like Gordon, works from a ca- works at a carrier. Yeah. Gordon, like the agency? I said, he goes, I'm not used to principals answering the phone. I said, well, you dial my extension. <laughs> you know, who would you think was going to answer? And it's the same kind of thing with when adjusters know that it's us who have the relationship with the underwriters and have the relationship with the marketing reps. When they know that we have even a little caring about it, even if they're having a bad day, they might treat people just a little bit better. Whereas right. other agents, if they know that you don't care, They'll just roll right over. By the way, your client will probably get pissed off, take the payment, not know that it's wrong. You'll never even notice it. And then they'll be pissed off at you for the next 20 years. Absolutely. Here's my last question of the day, and I'm going to let you run. I want to have you back on the podcast because I had about 30 other questions I had for you today. Anytime. Question. If I walk into your door at your office, let me close my eyes and imagine, and you explain to me how your agency is set up. How – like who, who's at the front and do I walk down the left hallway or the right hallway? Who's there? What? Just give me that visual. You, you come in the door, you get to this big thing. It's called an office building. We have these in New York city. It's about 30 or 40 stories high. Are you okay with that? Are you scared of heights? Will you go in the elevator? No, I'm, good. I'm good. Okay, good. I'm, I'm just good. making sure. Just making sure yep. you come in and the way we have always had our office set up first door, David Gordon, president of the company. First right. door door is always open unless he's on a phone call. Right. So you, if you wanted to, you could waltz right or you know when you come in. When I greet you at the door, I greet everyone at the door. First person that I can introduce them to, if it's appropriate, right to the president. They see the president's available. Hmm. Corner office, you go down the hall, you pass my office, which my office is directly in between both of my parents. That's, that's for a different kind of podcast, right. sitting directly between them. My mother has the corner office. She always has and always will because she's the boss. And everybody else sits in an open bullpen, hoping they come back after COVID. But the reason why we did that and why we do that and why it's not behind everything else is especially when clients come in, I want them to know that this company is all about collaboration. My door's open. My father's door's open. My mother's door's open. Everybody can always, you know that you're getting our team. Mm. You may speak to Jovell today or Alice the next day, but you know that it's Gordon. We're all part of the family and Mm -hmm. that's how we like it. And there's nothing beneath any of us. We all answer the phone. We all open the mail. Just how my parents raised me. So you want to talk about the good things that they did do back to the beginning of the call. You know, dad, mom, you did a great job raising me. So absolutely forget about one thing. One thing that Paradiso, (laughs) I think, used to do and maybe still does is everybody does everybody's job to some degree at some point. Mm -hmm. So when I started the first four summers that I worked here, I wasn't allowed to touch a phone. I wasn't allowed to touch a computer. I sat with everybody. I learned it. I did all the filing. I did things like that. Now, again, that's extremely old school. And that was a little bit different, but my parents taught me that you got to earn respect and that's between employees as well. But I also, I just like the, I always wanted to work in a firm and I hope that we're, and even hopefully as we grow, we'll keep that where, you know, I see Daniel's videos every day that he posts of his agency insurance isn't fun, but you can make it fun. And I want to have those interactions because that makes people kind of want to come to work as opposed to just kind of grinding out. And I know, you know, Bradley, you're doing the meet and greet. Scott, I haven't seen a tour of your office yet, but you know, I, you know, those people that hate going to work every day. And it's not that 
it's so much fun being an agent, but at least I want people to feel comfortable here. Right. I think Paradiso, Bradley, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Justin's going up there for two days next month, May 17th through the 19th. But if, whoa, if I'm not mistaken, I just Josh, about fell Scott out. Scott almost fell. I, I just almost fell, out, I almost fell out of my chair. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't Paradiso move his people around and put them in different yeah. positions yes. in terms of what, you know, who they're working mm-hmm. with like every six, nine months? By yes, the way, you know I what I think is, a, go ahead. I so, you know, you know, what's interesting about that. I find that when you move people around and they hear kind of what's going on with other people in the office, we don't have a big agency, but I've learned it's interesting how they can kind of pick up on sales things, pick up on cross selling. Yeah. I go to these offices where like personal lines is all the way on one side and commercial the other. And how the hell you expect people to sell across or know mm-hmm. what this agency is doing if they don't even interact with those people ever. Yeah. Right. Your it's agency- a psychological thing. Keeps people on their yeah. toes is what yeah. is what that's what Chris told me he's trying to accomplish. He he paints the walls. So he had just gotten the office painted when we were there and was going to paint it again by the end of that year. Paints the walls often. Everybody changes desks often. It keeps everybody on their toes. Hey, your office, Aaron, is set up a lot like JAG Insurance down in Miami. You walk into the front. It's got the huge JAG, you know, banner, not banner, but, you know, the, the letters. on At your left, this is pretty damn cool, actually. The left is an all-glass conference room. Like a fishbowl conference room. Yes. Then you walk straight ahead. Kitchen is on your right, and then the principals all have offices kind of on the outskirts that overlook Miami because they've got the glass, you know, around. But then they've got the bullpen. I, I call it a bullpen in the middle where their account managers and their – and then down – a little further from their account managers is where a lot of their, their newer salespeople sit. Uh, I find also like when, when, when account managers can listen to producers and yeah. vice versa, like you can gain stuff. You can, you know, right. And by the way, and then when they have to work with their accounts, when they get to really know the producers and we're big on this, like they kind of have a soft spot for like, Hey, I know what this guy goes through to sell the accounts and I'm not going to screw it up and right. vice versa. Same thing. So, well, man, I, I appreciate you being on the show today. There's, we're going to have to have you back on because I've got some other things I want to talk to you about, but you have done an outstanding job today. And I cannot tell you enough how much I appreciate you being on this show it means a lot. Been absolutely my pleasure. Anytime for you guys, you know, when I got the text from Bradley, I said to my wife, and this is, uh, this is not just the, you know, blow smoke. I said, I really think I made it Scott. We haven't, we got it. We got to talk more, but Bradley, you know, that you really have helped me and motivated me and been an influence in my career. So anything I can do to help you guys, Come to New York. Let's hang out. And I've always wanted to come visit Alabama, all joking aside. So I want to get down there and visit you guys for sure. It's been, it's I gotta, been a long I gotta, time I gotta get coming, to, man. I got to get the Bradley's roof. I got to get the Bradley's roof. There you roof. go. That's what I there you go. go. Well, you know, we. Uh, I, I love the Northeast, man. I, I said that. I bet I said that 50 times this past week. Love the Northeast. I love New York City. I love New York State. I like the people up there. I like, you know, one thing Scott knows about me on my disc profile is I like you to get straight to the point. I don't like fluff. I don't like you to beat around the bush. Come in, tell me what the problem is. And I, I, people from the Northeast tend to be like that. It's hey, come in anytime. I'm be straight up out. with you, and here's the here's the deal, you know. And uh, I don't. I just I love that area, so I can't wait for things to start getting back 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 to normal and visit New York again. And and hey, I tell you Aaron what, I Aaron to I, Boston and all that, you know. I tell you what I love about New York. I can remember times where I've stood in the hotel 
balcony window overlooking downtown New York, wherever I was, and just that energy that you can feel. Even, you know, and I'm not talking about during COVID because I wasn't up there during COVID and I know it was different. But prior to that, when you're standing at a hotel balcony overlooking just any street in New York, man, you can literally feel that energy at midnight, 11 o'clock, man. It is, it is still jamming, man. I love that. That's why my wife wanted to get out of Manhattan. She's from like California. She likes quiet. I tell people she likes grass and I like pigeons. So the only place we can get both is Queens, New York. Uh, hey, I, I, hey, Aaron, I was standing on a hotel rooftop about a month ago in downtown Nashville, overlooking all of Nashville. And I was standing there with my wife, and we had a couple other people with us. And I turned around, I looked at him, I said, you know what I see when I look out over Nashville, Tennessee? And they said, what's that? I said, money. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of yeah exactly. be, a lot of it to be damn made. I can tell you that right now. That's right. So, Well, guys, listen to me. I hope you guys took a few nuggets out of this today. That's our, you know, our, our, our mission statement every week is to try to row this boat and move your ball one step forward to greatness. I think we're closing in on the 10-yard line, getting ready to go in the end zone. But my goal for every person that listens to this podcast is for one day you to have the type of success that you've always dreamed about. And, and I know that's Bradley's goal as well. I know that's Aaron's goal. We want to help you. Now it's time to turn off the podcast and quit talking and start doing. Go out today, build relationships, make the calls, have the tough conversations, train your staff, train your people to be the very best insurance agents that they can, make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kid's college fund, and for your parents that are still out there struggling today, write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Aaron. We love you, too. Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. We love you so much. Thank you for being part of our family, and we look forward to seeing all of you real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.